we can just keep the recorder going and we can edit it in and out. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. Glad you're joining us again. Again this week we have Father Jason Kern, the vocation director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And uh, if you've ever, you know, you've walked with the Lord, you started journeying with the Lord, you started asking the question, Lord, how do you want me to serve? How do you want me to serve um, in your love? As a as priest, as married, as a religious, um, how are you calling me to do that? Well, this is the conversation today of how do I come to my exact vocation? What are different resources for that? Where is the Lord calling me? How is he calling me into holiness? How do I live that out? Um, so we have those types of discussion during this, some resources thrown out that we'll put in below as we go through the podcast. So... Thanks for joining us. So we have Father Kern. Uh, how can I come to my exact location? Yeah, so it's built up on this, what we just talked about, right? It's built up on the call to holiness and the call to live for Jesus Christ and to order our lives to his kingdom. Uh, and then there's so many resources that are out there nowadays uh, to help young people discern um, there's books, there's uh, websites, there's a lot of things that can help. Um, but ultimately, you want to start with, with just where is God drawing me? Where is he calling me? We remember that marriage is the natural order. It's the normal way. And so we want to recognize that as a beautiful gift from God. Natural and normal doesn't mean uh, less than or not, not good enough or not, not a great holy way of life. Actually, the normal way is holiness, right? If we remember our fundamental call is holiness, then we say, well, marriage is the call to holiness. Uh, it's a call to die sacrificially in love for the other, for your bride or for your spouse. And so that's the, the fundamental call, and then our vocation stems from that, right? And so uh, once we're starting to live that sacrificial, loving relationship with God, we can then discover, is he calling me to a specific way of life, to the priesthood or religious life? Um, so the, uh, some of the resources that I would recommend, like if you're thinking, maybe I should discern dias and priesthood, there's a book called To Save a Thousand Souls, which is great. Um, there's a priest a website called BassinPriest.com and a few others um, that you could find. Both the, the Bishop's Conference, um, USCCB has vocations. Their, their website's a little bit convoluted, but they have a lot of good resources on there. It's just a little dense. And hmm. uh, the Dawson website has some things, DOW.org, the vocations tab. Um, so there's there are many resources out there um, to find. And likewise for women, there's lots of good resources on those websites as well. So. Something that we would term in seminary, it would be, um, or Institute for Priestly Formation, is thoughts, feelings, and desires. Um, and you said, you know, where is God calling me? Can you speak into those different um, spiritual realities, maybe? Yeah, uh, I remember one time when I was a young man, I was sitting in Mass, and I had this thought pop in my head during the Mass. They were praying the intercessions, and they just said some line like, we pray for vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. And I just had this thought pop in my head of, what if that's me? What if I'm mm. being called? And it was just a movement that came with it. There was a little bit of fear, but there was a, a sort of a desire that I started. I wouldn't have recognized that at the time. But but now I look back and I'd say, there was a little desire in my heart for priesthood there. Right? And there was just this little call, a little attraction, a movement um, that was moving in me. And then it, it, it just continued. It, was, it would come and go. And it, to be honest with you, at that moment, I was standing next to my girlfriend in high school. <laughs> right? and, but that's, that's the movement, right? Like it's just this little desire, this little uh, urging 
And then it, it left after that, and I just continued on thinking I was going to do whatever I wanted. But that's kind of how <laughs> things work, right? So you have these thoughts, you have these feelings, you have these desires that sort of arise. We have to notice them. We have to start to be more and more aware of our interior movements of our lives so that we can then pray. We can pray with those. Okay, Lord, what does that mean? Are you calling me? Right? And if I was living a more intentional relationship with God at the time, I would have been willing to surrender to him and let him continue to lead me through that thought, through that desire, and, uh, and would have prayed more intentionally with those kinds of things. So that's, that's what we're talking about. Uh, we start to learn to distinguish what are the things I'm thinking, what are the things I'm feeling, whether I feel like excited about priesthood or maybe I feel like fearful and, and, and I feel scared. I feel um, like I, I could never do it, unworthy, right? Those are the feelings. And then desire, right? I desire to live for God. I desire to serve him. I desire to know him. I, I desire to search for him, you know, or I desire to, to love a woman. Well, it's good. That's a normal, natural desire. I desire to be in relationship with someone. Good. Um, but but then is God calling me to something beyond that or uh, even more than that, right? And that's where we would test that call to priesthood and religious life. We call it discernment. Yeah. To piggyback off of that, Father Kern, there's a lot of people that are afraid, right? Because, you know, especially with the discernment process, uh, kind of like from a previous podcast, we talk about how we're this magic mentality, right? I followed the way, I followed the process. If God really meets the priesthood, then why are there so many opportunities for dating, right? That's, that's a common thing that we've heard. Why would come to this, uh, get to know the love of the gap if he's coming to the That doesn't make sense. Right? Or, or, or if, it, um, go ahead. Uh, or else it's the vice versa, right? Um, and what if, you know, God called me to become married, but yet I have still this attraction to the wonders of the priesthood. So how does one distinguish between the two goods? Yeah, it's a great question. And th- there's a lot that could be said, obviously, but um, one of the reasons that uh, one of the reasons that God allows us to experience attraction to this female or that is because they're beautiful, <laughs> right? Uh, and so it's normal to have attraction. That's a good thing. And we should we shouldn't be scared of that or afraid of that and, um, and, and like think that, that that determines my discernment because I feel one moment of attraction or, or many moments of attraction for someone. But in fact, it's, it's, a, it's a deep interior call that we're responding to. And so uh, a fear that we would have is that what if I make the wrong choice? What yep. if I enter and I'm wrong? Um, but also a fear might be like, what if I don't get, what if I'm not happy? What if I'm, yeah. afraid, you know, make the, make a choice and then I, I'm, I'm miserable? Right? Well, God's not going to leave you miserable, right? And you're not going to make the wrong choice if you continue to actually pray. You don't want to do this flippantly, right? We don't just decide one day we wake up and go, oh, okay, today I guess I'm just going to enter somewhere. I'll call the vocation director and make my decision, right? That's not how this works. So it's a process that takes time. It takes intentionality. It takes a willingness to continually surrender, as we've said. So it's this entering into the dynamic relationship with God where he's going to lead me through some ups and downs. I'm going to be challenged to surrender my will. I'm going to have to give myself over in, in confidence to him. Yep. Uh, and so that's gonna, it's going to demand ultimately a relationship. That's what it's going to demand. And that's why it's hard. That's why it's challenging. But if we overcome that initial fear, um, uh, fear of making the wrong choice, fear of doing the wrong thing, fear of not getting what I want, fear of not being happy, uh, we ultimately find a deeper, lasting fulfillment because we're doing the will of God. That's where our true fulfillment lies. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah, I kind of have that um, same uh, same thing for you or as you're kind of first that that first inkling of like, ooh, maybe I'm called to the priesthood. Um, 
didn't realize it, kind of named it a little bit to some close friends. But then um, it wasn't until I was actually in seminary that I started going, oh, that actually started way back in like third or first, you know, third grade, second grade. Like, oh, that's, you know, and then kind of watched it kind of, the Lord was revealing to me like this desire throughout my life that I had that was just, it was deeper than a one-time thing. So I like how you said that, like, had I been paying attention to that, it might have done something sooner, but I wasn't. So, but the Lord right. used that time in seminary to to look at that. So, you guys were lucky that the Lord allowed you to date. What happened to me was, he's like, "Huh, ain't gonna happen." And she was the one that asked me, "Hey, you thought of becoming a priest?" I'm like, "What kind of sick joke is this?" <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That was that was how she responded to your asking her to go on a date. Yeah. She's like, hey, she's like, what? No. No. The yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and that's the Lord works in many, many ways. And so I think a lot of us can relate to that, Father Brian, on what you said about, you know, not really being aware, right? We're not aware at a young age, uh, often because we aren't formed, but just for whatever reason, we, we aren't aware of our own need um, to be open and receptive to the will of God. And so we don't know how to listen. We're not trained to hear his voice. It's You sort of think of the biblical stories or the prophets and uh, you know, they hear the voice of God, but they don't know his voice, right? Yeah. They don't know how to uh, tune to him. So we're always learning. We don't have to beat ourselves up for our past mistakes or for failures in, in responding to God. We just start where we're at and say, okay, Lord, show me. I'm ready. I'm, I'm more open than I ever have been. Teach me now to follow you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being the location director, right, you said marriage is the natural sacrament. Um we are going to try to get a couple to uh, to talk about what it was to discern marriage and the individual, but um, religious life, is there any other, um, especially thinking about um, women that are listening to this, discerning religious life, what would be helpful for them um, in their yeah. own walk with the Lord? Yeah, for both men and women, one thing I hear a lot is I feel this call to community, and I don't actually like that as the kind of a, the foundation of a call to religious life, because all of us are called to community. We all need a deep, abiding community. We're all social by nature, right? That's part of the human condition. Extrovert. So that alone, yeah, not me. Uh, but that alone is is the reason, uh, is not the reason to to search for uh, religious life. So what is it? it well, religious life, like priesthood by analogy, but religious life in a particular way is where one is called to, to be, uh, as especially a woman religious, is called to be a bride of Christ, right? is meant to become in a deep abiding communion of intimacy with him. And that's an attraction of the heart. That's a drawing that goes beyond, like no one man can fulfill me kind of mentality, right? Like it is Christ alone who has called me to be his beloved spouse. That's what women religious are discerning is, is, a, is a call to intimacy at that depth of level. And men are called to a deep abiding friendship with the Lord, right? This kind of unique kind of, we think of like St. Francis' friendship with the Lord, where he came to know him and to be around him and with him, you know, every aspect of his conduct in life, and then formed a common way of life that helped him to live that out to the best of his ability. So that's the call of our lives um, for, for those discerning religious life specifically is to say this call beyond uh, what is the normal way. So it doesn't negate the normal way. We still have an attraction to marriage. We still, you know, women and men religious would still feel a desire for it. They'd see the beauty of it. Um, but it's something just is, it's like I'm being drawn beyond that even. It's just, it's not enough. As beautiful as it is, it doesn't satisfy, right? There's this sort of movement that's more interior, more intense uh, than what 
just marriage alone seems to, to call for or to, to provide. It's a beautiful way of saying yeah. it. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Is You're right. I was even thinking about even going into charism, but I like how where you went with that, of like, it's not community alone because the Lord is calling me yeah. to a deeper depth with himself more than just 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 this community, which is important. But, yeah, I love how, yeah, that was great. Did you speak into, like, the, the maybe the charism discernment part or... Yeah, and um, I think the initial step should be a, I feel called to religious life. You have to get to that place of I feel called to live the radical vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. So we want to get to the fundamental right. call of religious is to, is to live a certain way of life, right? right. That's, mm-hmm. They're they're making the, the the promises, the vows of that are beyond even what a Dawson priest makes, which is to say I'm going to live this complete and perfect way of life. The evangelical mm-hmm. councils we call them of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And then uh, beyond that, then, is how, where, which community should I seek? And this is the challenge, because a Dawson priest enters the seminary to discern priesthood, right? He has, he has a place where he can go to discern, is God calling me to this way of life? Religious aren't given that benefit. So they have to discern by being in contact with sometimes multiple communities. But usually there's, you find one community that can kind of help you on the process of discernment. And, and, and maybe a, a woman religious or a man religious will help you through that process. Um, and, and that's what you want to kind of find is, and then you get into a community, you get to know the community, and then you can start to say, okay, do I fit here? What am I looking for, right? So I, I met a young woman who I was kind of walking with and helping her find a community. She discovered um, a, a particular community where she went, and she's like, I love what they do, but I just don't feel like it's for me. And then she started to feel drawn to a more contemplative way of life. She entered a cloistered community later on. And so that's that's kind of how that process has to unfold. And the charisms are just a way of living it, right? A way of expressing uh, their call. So they might have some specific dynamics uh, that they live in their how they pray, uh, how they serve, how they go out into the community and do ministry, or whether they stay back and, and are more contemplative in their nature and prayerful. So, but all of them have a specific way of life, and that's what you're discerning, right? Is this the way of life that God is calling me to live for the rest of my life? that will serve him and bring greater glory to his honor, right? So we're looking for what is the way that I can live and find fulfillment in my life uh, to serve God and to live for his glory. So it's a, it's a challenging place to be when, you, when you're in that way. It can feel overwhelming. And we live in the land of endless options, right? We have the Internet available, so we know all these communities by just Google searching them. And it actually can be harmful, right? It can, back in the day, we, people would discern by, uh, by saying, well, I know the community that's in Mankato, for instance, or you know, down the street in this town. And so I just discern with them. And then if I'm not called to them, maybe they would point me to somewhere else. But, uh, but now we have so many options that it makes it even more difficult to discern. So you just have to do it prayerfully, keep your peace, and allow yourself the freedom to just kind of get to know a community and allow them to help you. Sometimes women religious will say, you know what, we're, we know you're not called to us, good luck, and they just kind of turn you away. That's unfortunate, um, but you want to just maintain your peace through that and just say, okay, Lord, I continue to be open and ready. Uh, show me where you want me to go next, and, and he does that. So that's a long-winded way to say, normally what I recommend to women uh, who are discerning or even men is find two or three communities that you feel like you might be attracted to or, or feel like you would fit with, and then, and then kind of start there and see where that takes you on the road. So, yeah, it's a, it can be a challenging thing to, to get through that discernment process. No, thank you, Father Kern. Just uh, speaking from my own experience, my, 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 my cousin, she's now a, a novice at one of her, St. Francis, uh, George the Martyr, St. George the Martyr. 
And um, I asked her, like, what was the blessing in your discernment? She said the same thing as you, Father Kern. I went on retreat with this one religious order. I knew them well, so I tried it out. And she said she loved, she really loved that order. But you're right. And she said, I asked her, if you were to research more about different orders, what would have happened? She's like, I would have been in this state where I would have perpetually doubted and would have never made the first move. So I, I totally agree with you. Just, you know, so for ladies, if you're out there, you know a particular order, don't be afraid to go and talk with them. Would you agree? You know, talk with them, have a relationship with a particular order that you know, and just go from there. Yep, take the risk. Um, I've had a lot of young women as the vocation director who will just send me an email and say, Father, I'm just looking for, you know, your help to find this community or that community. Or I, do you know of some communities that would be, you know, I don't know where to begin, kind of those things. Yeah. And so um, one resource for women religious, there's a book called Discerning Religious Life by Sister Matthias. She's a, um, a sister of St. Francis, of um, the CFR sisters from the Bronx. Oh, nice. And uh, she wrote just a really helpful book that gives such clear tools and how to overcome fears, and how to work through the process of discernment, what to pray, how to pray um, on oh, wow. some of these issues. That it's 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 the analogy. It's the same. It was written in the light of the save a thousand souls for Dawson priest. That it was written for women religious, and so That's it's awesome. really a helpful tool to give kind of women some some practical tips and steps to take um, some prayerful ways of being disposed towards what they're being called to. So yeah, no, I totally agree, Phil. Find a community that can help you. The problem is we don't live by communities often anymore. You know, there's so many places, like in our diocese, it's, you know, it's hard to find a community. Um, but if you're, in, if you're in southern Minnesota, the sisters in New Ulm are very helpful. And then we do have sisters in Mankato and Rochester, but it's, it's sometimes hard to make contact, uh, to live in contact with them over the longer period, too. Um, they're a little bit of an older community, for instance. So you know, always are trying to find um, a community that's going to fit more and more with your contemplative life and with your way of living. And so, um, yeah, it's always a challenge, but it's, it's one worth reaching out and taking the step. Nice, good. Anything else uh, you have to, uh, I mean, do we want to mention the Sermon of Spirits or, you know, that way of life to try to figure out or... Sure. Would you go there with this, or would you not? Um, I mean, I, I think I would go there with someone who's discerning, so if that's right. what I want to do. Right. You know, I mean, I, ultimately we, what we want to primarily recommend is um, for someone who's discerning and they want to learn, like, how can I know for sure, or how can I kind of get to that next level? Um, you know, the first steps are always be open, grow in relationship with God, Take seriously, you know, as it's available to you, the Mass and the sacramental life and uh, confession and, and just forming that relationship and that call to holiness. But then beyond that is this deeper discernment, the discernment of spirits, is to say, okay, Lord, now what are you calling me to, right? And that's where we notice in our prayer, so you have to be praying in order to really discern the spirits. Uh, like When I feel most consoled, when I feel most in love with God, what am I attracted to? What do I feel called to, right? When I, when I feel like he's drawn me deepest in prayer, that's consolation, right? This consolation, this movement of love, movement towards God, feelings of peace and joy and freedom, uh, feelings of love. Um, you know, all the movements that are lifting me up. Uh, what is it that I feel drawn towards? And then opposite of that is desolation, right? And when I feel sad, tepid, lazy, far from God, I feel like I've fallen into sin. Um, I feel like I'm removed from my Creator and Lord. In those moments, uh, I feel desolation, and that, then I don't feel an attraction to this to my vocation, right? I feel as if I'm I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. 
And that can actually teach us to say, okay, but in consolation I felt this way. That's the truth. Consolation is the truth of our being. We're made to be in union and in love with God. And so we want to follow the consolation. We want to resist and reject the, the thoughts and feelings that arise in the desolation and say, okay, Lord, show me the truth of how I'm called to live for you. So that's kind of the basic overview. Uh, there's a lot of rules that follow upon that yeah, just of how to resist the desolation, how to overcome that. Correct. But basically we want to follow the call when we're in a moment of grace and a moment of consolation as much as possible. Uh, with that, um, it just sparked the, ma- or the, the mention of like when we make a decision for priesthood or when we make a decision for religious life, the spot is this, this consolation, this... Um, and it's not out of desolation. Can you talk about the gift of self and how you come to that? Not that, yeah, that gift of self and and what should be the motivation for that gift to self of self? Yeah. So I, I think what you're asking is around like um, how do we take that step, right? How do we make the leap? And uh, and ultimately, it's by an act of surrender, an act of trust, and and that God has his, the best interest for me. And so I don't have to be afraid, but I also don't have to feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna be empty. You know, like there's a sort of sense of if I give myself away, I'm gonna lose something. And mm-hmm. and what we find in the Christian life is if we don't lose anything when we give ourselves in love, we actually gain eternal life. We gain what is what is beauty and hope and peace. Right. And so we we need not be afraid or, or be re- hedis- uh, hesitant or reticent to give ourselves to the Lord. But when we generously give, uh, we find the pathway of grace and the, path, the pathway of life because Jesus is the pathway of grace and life. He is the fullness. So give yourself to him completely uh, and find the path of, of that leads to life and joy and freedom. So that's the Christian life. That's what's promised us as believers. Yeah. You know, like even our own priesthood, like we didn't <clears throat> assent to all the, the promises of the priesthood out of fear, right? We... Right. We gave it in love, and we weren't. We might have had some fear about other things, but the actual assent to it and the actual giving of self was done out of a response of love of God's love towards me versus any sense of fear, or if I didn't, or if I did, or if you know all those other mm-hmm. things kind of uh, yeah aren't present in the moment of gift of self. No, I love that because, like, I still to to this day I say my greatest fear is is not being a holy priest, right? Is is failing. Mm-hmm. Right? My greatest fear is is not living up to the call that I've been given. But that doesn't mean that that's my sole motivation, right? My motivation is because I love God and want to live for Him and serve Him. Um, therefore, that fear comes in because I know of my weakness, I know of my frailty, I know right. of my littleness and my poverty and my need for God, my dependence on Him. And so that's where I come back to Him and say, Okay, Lord, teach me to live. Uh, the fullness of your love and life. I'm not perfect. I know I screw that up. I, I make a mess of myself and of life. Um, but ultimately, it's your redeeming grace that continues to, to lead me beyond that. So that's kind of, that's as much as it's our fear, it's our hope, right? It's our hope that God will lead me through this. If he wants this for me, well, he'll provide the grace. And I don't mean that in a flippant way, that I don't have to cooperate. All the more I have to cooperate, right. I have to serve it, right? So uh, so it's, it's our daily yes. It's our daily fiat. Um, as Our Lady gave to the angel Gabriel, we give every day to say, Lord, teach me again uh, to live for you and to serve you rather than Amen. myself or this world. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have 
you know, sometimes at the end of the day, I always go, or even in the morning, I go, Lord, I'm your problem. Take care of me. Like, <laughs> yeah, amen. Lord, amen. show me the way, because take care of me, because I some days don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, <laughs> yep. help me out, Lord, help me. I'm king of ourselves, man. Make yeah. me le- make me less of myself to so become more of you. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Or Solana's Casey, thank God ahead of time, right? No, yeah, that's God, isn't that beautiful. Yeah, like right? the trust yeah. in the providence of God so much that you thank God ahead of time. Just right? thank God ahead of time. He's going to do it. Don't worry about it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. St. Solana's Casey, so good. So good. Amen. Um, all right, well, we just hit, or we're about to hit 50 minutes. Um, Father Gary, any other closing wrap-ups you got? or? Yeah, I mean, you know, I always have more to say. You can trust that. Um, <laughs> we'll call you back eventually after Easter, all right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but ultimately, my, my, my saying would just be, um, don't be afraid to live for Christ. It's, it's just such a gift that we have been given, that God, who created us in love, has redeemed us in love, and has then offered us the very life uh, of love and mercy to, to live in. Like, it's just a supreme and, and, and profound depth that we can live out of. And it gives our lives meaning in the midst of so much suffering and pain today that we discover. It gives our lives a purpose that we are not without hope. We're not without a reason to live. Um, we have e- eternal life to live for, but we live in that now, saying, now, Lord, mm-hmm. I want to live for you. I I'm not yeah. just like wishing away this world, but in the beauty and the richness of relationships and life, uh, I live in your love and mercy today. So it's it's just a supreme gift. And I just, you know, I thank God for what we've been given, but also I just want to uh, invite more and more each of us to participate more deeply and to drink more deeply from that life-giving stream, uh, which is the grace of God poured out for the whole world to know him and love him. So, amen. Mm, amen. Amen. Father Tay, you want to take us out? Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Our brothers sisters of Christ, we have heard uh, holy wisdom dropping from the mouths of the beloved son of Olatana. So <laughs> always keep him in your prayers. Yes, Please. Sir. Uh, our highly esteemed vocation director. He's very good. Um, but yeah, it's continue to be open, my brother Jesus Christ, to what the Lord is calling each and every one of you. And uh, thank you for tuning us in. Uh, we'll keep you in our prayers in these difficult times. And we pray that you keep us as your priests in your prayers because holiness is a two-way street, my brother and sisters. You keep us holy and we keep you holy. So, Well, we're so fortunate to have heard from Father Jason Curtin giving us really helpful pointers on how to really discern well with God, have a relationship with God, and on knowing what our exact vocation and state of life is. <clears throat> One of the things that I took away from that is, you know, is, is this idea of like continual, relation, uh, continual relationship and trust, right? It's never a one-time thing. And we kind of mentioned about the, the roadblocks, right? We, we have to really quiet down ourselves and ask Jesus, you know, this is what I think of what's best for me, but what do you think will make me the happiest? And that choice is very difficult to do. And so I just love how real Father Kern was and giving out pointers to saying, yeah, it's going to take a lot of sacrifices, but if we take the time to really pray and develop a relationship with Jesus, he's, he's made us happy so many times in our past life that it leads to this big decision and that he wants us to be free to choose it. Right. Right. I just had that real sense that, um, especially when it came to religious life and discerning religious life, that it's not enough to say I want to live in community, but we're all called to that communal life in some sense, no matter what our vocation is. Um, But that the first place to go is how's the Lord inviting me to be 
um, to live out radically the poverty, chastity, and obedience in those um, things, and then look into a charism of a particular. So I thought that was really helpful in my yeah. own uh, looking at how to discern religious life or looking into that for others of like, okay, first, how close are you? And then being called the bride of Christ and or a, or a friend of Christ and how you live that out in, in community and, and in those ways that the Lord's calling us to. Uh, lastly, since um, we have nothing better to do, I'm going to go through a list of all the states that we have subscribers to, just because I think it's super cool nice. that the Lord is, has been using this podcast, especially in this time of quarantine, of different um, people being at home. So, uh, so Minnesota, where we are based out of, we got 252 downloads, Arizona, we got 26 downloads, Iowa 25 downloads, Illinois 20 downloads, California 12, Delaware 12, Wisconsin 12, Michigan 10, Tennessee 10, North Dakota 8, Kentucky 8, Ohio 3, Oklahoma 3, Indiana 2, Massachusetts 2, New Jersey 2, Missouri 1, Montana 1, Nevada 1, Pennsylvania 1, Washington 1, and then 20 others, which I'm not sure what others mean. But this is also cool. We got one download in Canada, one in Mexico, and two in Ireland. Also, nice. last month we had two in Germany, and we had a few in Saudi Arabia actually about a month before that. So it's just cool how to see how to watch these um, this grow um, to go way beyond what Father and Tay, Father Tay and I ever thought. Um, now that we have like 1,800 downloads, we never thought we would even get close to that. So we were happy when we passed 100. Father Tay was happy when we passed post 100. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who's going to listen to us. I don't know. So <laughs> just good. Give, him, give him praise to the Lord for that. So grow close to him Amen. Uh, for the goodness. If you have find this helpful, just share it. Share it with somebody. Um, mm-hmm. If you share it with a person in a different state, then we'll be able to track it. So that'd be awesome to be able to get all 50 states uh, in on this. That would be pretty cool. So if you have anyone in Alaska that you know or Hawaii that you know, those would be probably the last two that would be able to get on this. So little game during quarantine. Can we get all 50 states, um, have somebody download do it. in all 50 states? That would be a crazy, fun adventure. So God bless. No, we're praying for you. And... Um, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do after Easter, but have a happy Easter. He happy is Easter. Risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Later.